Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. everybody i'm candace and i'm here with ariel hi and you're really here and i'm really here we're really here together from it's... the womb this is not your final girl because <laughs> we're talking about some mother's day shit and now we're twins because we're both here in the womb in person oh, shit. it's really happening yes this I... is our first um this is our first recording session that we're doing together in like a year yeah i don't know um like, how will we talk to each other? I don't know. I think it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird to not be, like, looking at my computer screen to speak. I know. I was thinking about having to do, like, you know, trying to do, like, a social media post, being, like, recording, but in my head, the image was us on the screen. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, God, oh no, we have to take pictures of our faces. I don't know why that's weird, but it is. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it's unseemly. <laughs> It is unseemly. It's like when, I mean, just, you haven't, like, seen your coworkers' faces, like, the bottom half of their face in <laughs> so such a long time. You see pictures of them sometimes, and you're like, is that them? Is that what they look like? Yeah. It's gross. I don't need to see people's mouths anymore. No more mouths, please. Yeah. Well, today we have, since uh, Mother's Day is coming up so yeah. fast, we have two movies about... Moms. I guess Mother's Day will have already passed when people are hearing this. Oh, man. Well, you can reflect on your Mother's Day. Yes. That has gone by. But not in that sappy, bullshit way that, like, companies like you to reflect. More no. like in a... Fucked up. It's yes. fucked up. This is the real shit. We're getting down with it. Today we have... We need to talk about Kevin. And we have All That We Destroy... Two movies that are, I mean, I'm just delighted with how these go together, to be honest. Yeah, me too. It was like my first thought when we were trying to decide, because you, you had seen We Need to Talk About Kevin, and it was on my list, and I was immediately thought of All That We Destroyed. That was like my first thing, because I wanted to do a double feature of those two last year, and I just like didn't get around to We Need to Talk About Kevin, so they worked perfectly. Yeah, we got some psychopathic... Teenage Boys, which, always nice. Love <laughs> to have a love to have a dead-eyed, violent teenage boy in my life. <laughs> teenage boys are scary enough, honestly. I know, we, we don't have to make them psychopaths on top of that, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could they just have some empathy, please? Yes, we do. And this is, they're, both of these movies are directed by women, which is cool. 
Yes. Love to see it. Yes. I'm always a huge sucker for, like, domestic horrors and motherhood horrors. Specifically body horror. It just kind of has it all. Well, and it's... A lot of horror moms are just, like, supremely fucked up. Like, shout out to Toni Collette. Um, But these, like, these particular moms in these two movies... Not like they're not fucked up, but they're different. Like, they're different than, like, your average screaming, losing their shit at their child horror mom. Yes. Which who's is cool. your Who's your favorite horror mom? I mean, like, the the iconic one is, like, Carrie's mom, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, that's such an easy that answer. That's good. But, I mean, I hate to... S- I don't know why I hate to go with, like, a newer one, but, like, it has to be Tony Collette from Hereditary. I know, I was thinking, me. like, she might have just killed the game. <laughs> she, when she when she comes in, she comes in hard, and no one can beat her, and I feel like she did that with... Mm-hmm. I just think... Did you ever see... There's, like, an SNL skit. I hate to bring SNL into this sacred space. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I don't think we... Maybe our first ever SNL oh, match. Fred Armisen does a skit with um, Zach... Efron, where he goes, he goes. I am your mother. Like he plays as a mom. I give birth to you. And so, that level, um, for some reason, like we always found that really hilarious growing up, and we'd always like yell that at our mom. And um, any, anyway, I feel like I feel like Tony Collette channeled that. In. Yes, yes, and in a way that is like, it, it's like this is not. This is like it, it hits you deep in your soul. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does. But also, shout out to um, Babadook Mom, because she's also oh, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, she's also really good. I also, like, Tony Collette, again, was maybe, like, my first ever, like, horror mom that ever, like, really, really got to me, because she was in The Sixth Sense. True! And, and I loved The Sixth Sense when it came out. And, yeah, she does that thing where, like, you know, she has this kid, and she, like, can't figure him out. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, like, at one point, she says, like, I am tired. I'm, like, tired in my mind, and I'm tired in my body, and I'm tired in my soul. And you're like, oh. And you're like, oh. And, I'm, you know, I'm, like, fucking 12 years old, and I'm like, I feel like my mom would, like, say this to me for sure. <laughs> if my mom said that to me, it would be, like, the, like, oh, I need to turn my life around. She's so good in that. She's yeah. so good. That That's true. Hereditary is not her first foray into horror momdom. No, she she cut her teeth. She's She's been in it. Yeah. Um, but one I recently saw that I really liked was, which I c- considered as a double pairing with, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, but I don't think it works, is Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Yes. Because she goes off. Yeah. And yes. And she's like, it's like sneaks up on you because like... You start watching it and you're like, she's not his mom? Okay. It's like kind of like a weird, like, sort of porno, like, logic where it's like, she's not his mom, but, like, she is, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... I hope we talk about that one in the future, maybe for, like, a, um, you know, a cab episode or something, if we want to do something like that, but... It would go well with, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, also, actually. I've, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so shout out to the horror moms everywhere. Yeah. You hope you don't have one. Yeah, God. You hope you don't. (laughs) I just love doing, like, a horror mom thing for Mother's Day because, you know, Mother's Day is not, like, a happy flowers and roses thing for everyone. It's true. I think everyone can get behind, like, some fucked up shit, you know? Yeah, of course. 
it doesn't have to be sunshine and roses. It can be this. Yeah, and and I think everybody has. I, I think every motherhood has like horror moments. Um, whether like no matter how good the mother relationship. Yeah. I mean, just, like, the whole process just starts with, like, your whole body splitting open, so I don't know. Do you have any, like, um, this is off the cuff, we did not plan this, this is an unscripted moment <laughs> Oh on your final girl, but, um, you got any, like, horror mom shit from your childhood? Not, not your mom being a piece of shit, mm-hmm. that's not what I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, whatever that means to you. <laughs> like, was I ever a horror to my mom, sure, maybe? Sure, that's it. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Did you create a horror movie for your mom? Was it immersive theater? <laughs> I have to think about it. I, um... I, d- I was actually, like, mostly a pretty good kid. I do remember my sister, um, who's four years younger than me, she had these, like, gorgeous, like, ringlet curls. She had, like, this very beautiful hair when she was little. She probably would have been three, like, Maybe two or three. I don't know. Whatever age that you can touch scissors and figure out how they work. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Because um, the first, like, my experience with this, she, my sister cut her hair, which, like, you know, it happens. But she cut the fuck out of it. Like, she cut everything off. Um, and she was, like, so excited to, like, go show my parents, I guess. So she had, like, <laughs> just walked into the room and gone, look! And they were like, what the fuck? fuck and so my experience with this was them like basically kicking in my door and being like what did you do (laughs) i was like nothing what (laughs) i was like kind of used to them like you know because i was not always nice to my sister yeah um but they were like they were like immediately they assumed i must have done it i must have told her to do it yeah older siblings we always get the shit my sister also had angel curls when she was a baby too and she was the beautiful one Oh yeah, you're yeah. the ugly one. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're the horror, horrible child. Yeah, well, because I realized when I asked you that question about like horror shit, I was like, I was like that kid, like the good son, but I was <laughs> the good daughter because I was. Oh god, I was like, I don't even know how to pick a story. I just one. <laughs> oh my god, one that I yeah one. I guess, you know, when I was little, I'd wake my mom up really early and I'd want her to, like, turn on the TV for me, you know, like a good 90s baby. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, like, probably three at the time. And I, I go into the room and I, I try and wake her up and I want her to turn on the TV. And and she's like, listen, Ariel, you got to give me some, like, I got to wake up. I'm not awake yet. I'm not going to turn on the TV for you right this second just because you ask, you know? And I looked at her with, like, this very stony expression, like, and was silent for several moments. And apparently I said, I don't remember this, but she loved, she loved to tell the story. She goes, I said, Mama, if you will let me be happy, I will let you be happy. <laughs> so, That's terrifying! <laughs> so, yeah, just a little, little, uh, <laughs> with the little baby fascist. Boy, with the baby speech impediment, yes. too. Just a little fascist in the making, so <laughs> I hope to God that I am not that way anymore. That's amazing. <laughs> One time we were driving in the car and she heard a sound and she, cause she was just thinking about, she was driving and she was like, oh my God, I didn't put a diaper on Ariel. And again, like probably same age, like two or three or something, you know? And, um, so she's like, oh, it's probably going to be fine. It's just a really short car ride. And she hears a sound, right? 
It could be a fart. <laughs> oh, no. But it could be more than that. Oh, my God. And she was like, hey, Ariel. Hey, everything's okay, right? That was just like, you just tooted? And I, I have, I guess, again, no memory of this, but um, I said, nope, just disgusted poo-poo. <laughs> and she goes, ah! Like, she freaked out. And then she looks at my face, and I'm just, I have the smug, um, evil smile on my face, and I was just fucking with her. I don't know how I knew that. Wow. I can see why. I can see why this episode kind of, uh, this episode theme kind of resonates with you. It does You're a nightmare child. Yeah. Listen, we're going to do an ASMR wine pour break, so... Oh, yes, let's go. Okay, so Like that? I, I wonder how well my mic picks it up, actually. God damn it, Candace. She's going to be sorry, laughing now. Sorry, Someone's into that. It's okay. We also don't have to keep that in. That could be cut. Yeah. Anyways, we Edited in post. Yeah. Okay. I want her to be real for you. To feel like the real thing so you can go longer before feeling these urges. You want to help satisfy his needs. Keep him from killing anybody real. She seems human. Where am I? Do you remember my son? How far are you willing to go for him? She's more than just a copy. She's remembering who she was. How many times has he killed me? So, all that we destroy. It's, it, it, if you Google it, it says TV series or TV episode. Right. Like from a show called Into the Dark. But it's actually a film series, so I don't know what the internet is talking about. Anyway, if you need to, if you look into this, it will say that it's a TV series, but I would argue with that. It's confusing, yeah, because Hulu has this Into the Dark series and it's really good. Well, I mean, it's of varying quality because every, everyone's different. It's a different director. It's a different production. But every month, it's a different horror story. So this one, I think, came out, I want to say in May of the year it came out. I think it was for Mother's Day. Am I talking out of my it, ass? No, it was, was for Mother's real? Day, yeah, because okay. all of them are based around holidays. Yes, 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 yes. There we and go. And some of them are, like, holidays that are bullshit, honestly. Incredibly. What, like, the last yeah. one is for Daughter's Day. What the fuck holiday is that? Is that a thing? One of them's for the first day of school. That's not a holiday. That's I mean, I wish it. That's, that's a the sentence. opposite of a holiday. Yes. We have to go to school. Yeah, that's a... That's fucked up. That's a burden. That's a burden that we all must bear. It's an anti-holiday. But this one is, yeah, for Mother's Day... And it's directed by Chelsea Stardust, the one, the only. And it's kind of, it reminded me a lot, I mean, it is a feature-length film, but it reminded me of, like, Black Mirror. I got Black Mirror vibes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was going to say, um, the vibe of this, in my mind, was kind of, like, sci-fi, like, mm-hmm. Monster of the Week kind of Twilight Zone-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it kind of feels like near future, it deals with, um... The, the mom is the head of a company that is on the cusp of kind of cloning. Their current project is like cloning organs. And she 
we don't know this is the beginning, but we find out that she's kind of just gone whole hog, and she's decided, if I can clone an organ, why can't I clone a whole-ass human? Yeah, she's cloning a whole-ass human in the beginning, but yeah, all you see is a girl emerging from some black goo. Yeah, I love the goo. Yeah, and then being sort of... Like, sh- like hosed off and like dressed and um and like someone like putting on her eyeliner, which is like kind of weirdly disturbing. Like it's the whole beginning me. is yeah, the whole beginning is very like uncomfortable and disturbing. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever like done that shit where you get your makeup done or whatever when you're like in junior high or high school and you have to go to like one of those dances. But I could f- like you know it's always scary to me when someone puts on your eyeliner. So I saw that and I was like, this in and of itself is horror right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. And can you imagine just like coming into consciousness and so then someone sticking a pencil right next to your eye? No. No, I don't like that. So yeah, we we figure out as as it goes, but um, that this is this is a clone. But you know, all we see is this girl emerging from black goo, getting kind of done up, and then she's just sitting on a bed, and a I don't know teenage or he might be like in his early 20s by now yeah uh, boy enters and is kind of making like tense conversation with her and trying to ask her if she remembers him and when she's saying no i don't uh, i don't want to be here basically um he then grabs her and strangles her and slams her onto the floor and um like slams her head on the floor repeatedly until she's dead um, and then you see, like, the as, like, the title credits come up, he's, like, dragging her naked body across the lawn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's extremely disturbing. And you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah. I feel like the strong, uh, it has a really strong start. And you kind of are wondering, because it could go several ways. I mean, she could be a robot. She could be a clone. I mean, she is, but, like, you don't know what the fuck is happening. You're like, is this mm-hmm. person real? Like, Yeah, and by the time, like, it, the, the murder scene happens, like, I had kind of forgotten that she just popped out of some black goo, so I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, not that it makes it, I mean, we'll get into, there's sort of, like, ethical questions, mm-hmm. which I would say get about as fleshed out in terms of, um, like, themes as an average episode of Black Mirror might. Yeah, it's it it also feels like it maybe didn't need to be the full length of what it is. Yeah, I I would say the vibe of this is a a good episode of Black Mirror that's stretched out for too long, which honestly is a lot of episodes of Black Mirror if I'm Yes, being it honest. yes, it really is. Black Mirror is <laughs> lots of episodes of Black Mirror challenged conceptually. Yes, yes, yes. Um yeah, but you're right. I think it's, like, pretty... It's long. It's beautifully shot. It's really well acted. So I just think the script is a little bit um, sparse, I guess, is maybe the word I'm looking for. But it's fun because it's it flits back and forth between present day and the past. So you actually get to know this character that you see killed immediately. Like, you get to know, I guess, the OG, the non-clone yes. version of this character, and, and see kind of how she even ended up at the house in the first place. But over the course of the film, you see present day, this young, budding psychopath, you know, also coming to meet a new girl in the neighborhood, which is not going to be good. Yes. Yeah. He also starts to meet, he also starts to befriend uh, another, like, similar um, 
20 something not similar like in personality but like a similar in profile sort of 20 something mm-hmm. in the neighborhood and um i will say she she seems like a like kind of sweet like nice type and she, maybe like she's a little lonely and he's the only person that she's run into that's i'm going to give that charitably because i don't know what other reason uh anyone would have to become friends with this guy he's extremely creepy and I, I like he does a good job of kind of like emitting really horror horrible vibes. He does. Um. So I don't know why she's just like yes, we're going to be friends. I feel like she strikes me as a type who would have like a project, right? Like this is her project, and he mm. seems like he does have horrible vibes, and like you can read it as oh god, like this is not. This is incredibly problematic. But sometimes that's like I feel like sometimes people are like yes, let me fix that shit. Yeah, that's oh, true. You, you killed a child when you were in second grade? Hell yeah, this is a good project for me. Yeah, she is, she is like, really unfazed by that. Like, at one point they're out somewhere and he talks about that, yeah, he he killed one of his classmates in the second grade and he's been sort of locked up ever since. Which is one of the only, like, glimpses we really get into his motivation or his, you know, what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. All we know is he's kind of sequestered in this house in the middle of nowhere where uh, he somehow managed to find a woman a couple years <laughs> ago and killed her. And now his mom, who is this brilliant geneticist, is cloning him more women for him to murder. Because that always, murdering more people always kind of scratches the itch and doesn't ever make people kill more people. That It's such an interesting... I think I understand it from the eyes of her, but, like, it's such a wildly, uh, what's the word, like, unhinged way of solving a problem. Um, I think, like, yeah, you definitely see, like, from her mindset, like, that's her, her son is her world, and so she's able to just kind of say, oh, okay, like, I can fix a problem, you know, she's, like, she's a scientist, so she's, like, I can study this and I can solve it. This motherfucker needs to be in therapy. He hints that he has been, but then should go again. Yeah, we also kind of know the sort of therapy his mother is trying on him right now, so uh, yeah, who knows what was happening there. I know, I know this is all kinds of fucked up, because I know, like, my sister's a social worker, so I know, like, this doesn't really happen. Like, you don't get, like, this kid who's, like, fucked up like this without, like, some sort of shit going on in their life, you know? But I want to see the YouTube react video of, like, Social Worker watches both of these movies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But it's interesting to see because while that may be true, um, you could make the argument that this mom is really fucked up. And same with, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, where it's like, there's some underlying problems there that are, um, where they're exacerbating each other. And it's almost this, like, great game of like tennis between two extremely good players where they're just fucking each other up and it's this huge mind game yeah and that is you get less i mean i would say for how for how like how well um israel broussard who plays the son Mm -hmm. spencer how well he emits creepy sort of blank vibes uh like that's that's mostly what you get out of him. You get kind of nothing about what motivates him here. Like, I mean, no. he seems to... There's some 
aspect of killing someone that makes him satisfied and one that doesn't mm-hmm. because he doesn't really like killing the clones. He needs to have a connection. Yeah, unless they're like someone who can carry on a conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, which there's like that means we get that really really great scene. Like I think it's in the middle of the film where he's talking to his mom and because she makes him journal his feelings, which is okay about the kills. So she makes him journal. Which is hilarious, because it is a therapist thing to make you do, but not about, like, fucking murdering Yeah, no, she's people. making him journal um, about killing the, yes. the human bodies she's <laughs> growing in a lab in the basement. So he says, he says, well, I didn't write about it. Um, and so you think it's because he feels like shit, like he hates it still? Like, that's kind of what you're thinking. But then he goes on this monologue of, like, how he never felt more alive, and he really appreciates what she's doing for him. Which is almost, like, comical at that point, because you're like... He's thanking her for, like, giving her, or giving him, basically, like, a murder bank. Like, this completely, perfectly curated murder bank for him. Yes. But all she cares about is that her son says thank you and hugs her for the first time in years. Yeah, and that is, like, it's a confusing scene to me because I was kind of wondering, like, does he do this to be manipulative or is he actually genuinely thankful? Is that something he's, like, capable Mm. of? I mean, it's definitely something where we don't know a lot about him. Yeah. I will say the person who plays, like, the the cloned woman, her name's Aurora Perino. I've never seen her in anything else, but... She's so good. She's very good. I want to see her in more shit. Yeah, she has to play essentially, like, two different roles. One being the, the woman who meets him initially, and then also this clone who's sort of, like... Who starts out blank, but kind of starts to, like, regain some mm-hmm. of her personality from before. Mm-hmm. But, like, the person who he met initially was kind of, like, hard. Um, and, you know, she's, like, she also, apparently she's, like, wanted. Like, she's, like, she's like a criminal. Um, this isn't something that they go into, like, whatsoever. Um, except for that it's, like, a vague plot point. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of something where, like, she's obviously, like, in some bad shit in the beginning. And then she's, like, she's herself, but she's not. Like, she's a different sort of person. And she does a really good job of sort of encompassing all of that. You know what it kind of reminded me of is um, the show Dollhouse, which, like, fucked Joss Whedon forever, but... Um, I've never seen that. Honestly, it's, like, literally terrible and everyone hates it. I re- Eliza, Eliza <laughs> Dushku, whose yes! name I know how to say now. Eliza Dushku, the second episode in a row, apparently, where I love, I just like to rep my girl. But it reminds me of that because that show is like memory wipe and, and that her character is kind of like a hardened, jaded person who signs up to have the memory wipe and then she's like a blank slate. So the character is kind of similar, but you're right. She plays it really, really well. Yeah. She does a great job. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I haven't ever seen her in anything else. The other person and I don't know, I don't remember her name. But the one who, the the girl in the neighborhood who, like, befriends him. Yes. She honestly does a really good job, too. I kind of didn't even think about it till later that she has, like, no reason to become friends with this guy because she just comes off as, like, so sweet and, like, genuinely interested in everyone that, like, it kind of works. Yeah, it feels believable because she plays it really believably. Yes. Um, and also the guy, honestly, the the kid, I mean, he play, he's very creepy, but it's also, like, he plays his role, like, the psychopath plays his role so honestly 
that like you know you saying like I don't know if he's genuinely thankful or he's being manipulative that's how I feel about him the whole time Mm -hmm. I'm like I think he's just being himself and himself is this yeah he also is very cute so I guess I can see that too yeah so I think she's kind of there's that pull and he's artistic he's like a really good artist he's he's really good at drawing um which is always a a solid point in favor of a dude no matter how fucking weird he is otherwise oh yeah yeah yeah, I mean, we'll, we can talk about, uh, in, we need to talk about Kevin. Ezra Klein is a beautiful man. Um, he is. He's very handsome, but he is the most off-putting person in that you would never have thought about it. He, yeah, true. I guess, yeah, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Ezra, but he, yeah, because he kind of turns it on and off. That's an interesting contrast. That's true. Because the relationship in All That We Destroy between the mother and son feels really authentic or uh is that the right word i don't know it feels like there's something there yeah like it feels like they pull. actually have some like draw to each other and it might not be love on his end but it's whatever he can do that that whatever his version of that is yeah it is it's a little more sympathetic to its sociopath i think yes it is and whereas with with uh we need to talk about kevin it's there's a pull absolutely but it's a Fuck you. It's very I'll bad. I'll see you in hell, yes. motherfucker, kind of pull. So it's still magnetic, but like it's so funny to see him turn that on with her. And then he's um, completely normal with like his dad, for instance, or his mm-hmm. sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that movie. I, I love We Need to Talk About Kevin as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um... It's like kind of not a fair comparison to the, for the two characters because this, they're very different. Yeah, they they are very different. Yeah, the um the end of this movie also I would say like tries to be really stressful, but I didn't really have um enough like connection to anyone in it that I that I had that I that I really cared too much what was gonna happen. Yeah, the ending's kind of mean. Also? The ending is really mean, um, which I, I mean, I appreciate that it <laughs> I'm went there. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't mind a mean ending, but I feel like, also because I wasn't linked to the character, I didn't feel whatever that turn was. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would have felt it if it were shorter, because that's like a creep show move, or like a Tales from the Crypt, where you're going to be mean yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's mean. It's like, here's these people, you're not going to care about them, and bad things are going to happen to them. Yeah, and it's short enough where you can kind of believe whatever you're given. But this, it was, like, long enough where I was like, well, I kind of want more. And that's the thing. It's like, so, we, you know, the the original woman before she was cloned was a criminal, right? And so then that plays into the ending because the cops roll up and there are two dead, bo- two dead bodies and the mom? Or, yeah, two dead bodies and the mom. With yes. A, with a known criminal. Yes. So we know how this goes. Like, yes. This it's girl true. ends up in prison. Yes, it's true. She also like did does like she genuinely has killed him in the end. It's very. I mean, like good for her. Yeah. But also, god damn it! Now she's going to prison. Yes. She doesn't deserve this. They're gonna think she's crazy. Yeah, and that is kind of that's like the genuine horror of it. I think is like. Um, it is, like, this movie gets, like, a lot of points with me for coming up with a genuinely really horrifying concept. Um, yes. Like, this woman was murdered and is reborn over and over to be murdered again in exactly the same way. Yes. And then when she finally, 
like when she finally does like kind of figure out what's going on and like fight back and kill the person who's been killing her in exactly the same way, mm-hmm. she's immediately arrested. <laughs> and, and um probably will be like held accountable for a life that she did not live. <laughs> I feel like it's almost though like you know how that was gonna be the ending for get out? Is that real? Yeah, and then it didn't test well. Yeah, they were like, and so they changed what's this it? fucking Night of the Living Dead shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that where it's like, oh, fuck. Like, accurate. But mm-hmm. also, this is fiction and I wish you would just do something nice. I want this version mm-hmm. to succeed. Mm-hmm. So it's like the tension there. But I mean, I don't, I don't really have any issues with the ending because, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And also this film is like unique because it makes you, while I think you're right, like you don't maybe sufficiently care about any of the like three main characters it also like does a really good job of being sympathetic to all three yeah like the mom is really interesting and sympathetic the sociopath is really interesting and sympathetic and so is the clone yes and yeah i think actually the closest i come to caring about anybody is ashley um yes for sure and yeah and she's the one that you're kind of asked to care about in the end right but but they all feel like, mm, I mean, I don't know if they feel like real people, but, like, they feel like people that have the potential to be sympathetic and, like, have mm-hmm. real motives and no one's, like, you know, a gleeful villain or anything like that. Yeah, even though I do wish that it went into their motives a little more. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they were like, we can't do that because that'll make them <laughs> unsympathetic, I don't yeah. know. But that, I guess, the and the real end... It, after you know that she gets arrested is that the mom uh she's okay she's been talking throughout the film with a man who i assume and i recognize now that i think this might just be an assumption but i've i've assumed this whole time that this man she's been talking to she has like a weird black mirror like thing she puts on her temple that lets her like yeah talk okay to a man. i like hated this aspect of the movie okay. i was like why are mm. we doing this for for exposition. There's some, yeah, it literally is. There's some dialogue where I'm like, oh my. Yeah, the dialogue during this section is all terrible. You work the performances are really fucking weird um, during this part. Like, I, yes. I don't really have major issues with any of the performances except during these scenes. I, I feel like we maybe could have done without this entire Yeah, I think you could have cut the whole thing out. Yes. Um, clearly, he's the father. Like, we established later on that, like, this is the dad. But in my mind, so I don't know if he is somewhere else, but in my mind, and again, I don't think I have any evidence to go off of. So maybe this is just me being, I don't know, just making it up in my head. But I thought that this was the dad, but the dad's dead. And so oh. this is like a weird memory thing that she oh. had because she does you know i did not yeah i did think that i thought like oh maybe he like he's like i'm fucking not dealing with this but like he'll talk to her see i thought it was her the whole time so i thought it was her talking to herself but it's her dead husband (gasps) dude maybe that's way more interesting than it really was that would be actually more interesting she does at some point like you know he says like if I were there or something i don't know if he actually says if i were there but he makes some reference to being there she's like well you're not here are you it's so like, like it's that, like she's yeah. like angry at him for not being around, but that could definitely be somebody who's dead. She's not like asking him to be there again. Yeah, I think that's a possibility for sure. And if that is true, I mean, at the end, because at the end she's talking to him and he's like, "Move on, like, go with your company. Like, this happened. It sucks that your son is dead, but like, 
move the fuck on, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says, I, in a way, she's like, all right, I will. But how she moves on is she destroys that little temple piece so she can never talk to him again. And, and then resurrects a clone of her son from the icky goo. But in, the, in a way, she's like, she kind of is. She's moving on from this dead husband, if he is a dead husband at all. It makes the most sense that he's dead. Actually, that makes me like it a little bit more. I still <laughs> don't think, I still think that was the worst part of it. Like, every time she's, like, back in, like, walking down a fucking leafy path talking to this guy, I'm like, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> well, because they give him, unfortunately, some really heavy-handed exposition when he, he goes, you're the head of this company. You're doing organ transplant and organ kidney, or organ cloning like he says he lays it out in a way that's really painful yeah it's just there for like raw exposition in a really annoying way which is really interesting because sometimes they don't like i don't know is this man dead maybe maybe not and then also like they have the whole subplot with um the dog right the family dog that's passed away oh yeah and there's just never you know in your head that that motherfucker killed the dog you know yeah of course that little sociopath yeah he certainly did and she's also like he wanted so badly to live and he fought yes. so hard and she's saying this to like the clone who's <laughs> like okay which i actually really liked that they introduced the dead dog really early on because that was a really, really fun thing for the audience because you know, you're like, oh, I know he killed him. I know he killed that dog. But then they never resolve it, which I thought was really um, yeah. clever. In some ways, it, it does kind of present some, like, subtle development and, like, you know, it gives you some things to kind of, like, think about during the process. And I wish it had... I wish there had been more. Well, you know, I think that... All the credit goes to Chelsea Stardust, and all the criticism goes to Jason Blum. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Fuck Jason Blum. <laughs> <laughs> the Not Your Final Girl? Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, if you if you like a long episode of Black Mirror, you'll probably like this. Honestly, it's really a fun one, and it tis the season. Yeah. This is the time. Yeah. And if you are... Where on the scale do you think this falls in terms of um, people who are scaredy about horror movies? The marshmallow meter? Yeah. Yeah, what's the marshmallow <laughs> meter on this? Um, this is not a scary movie at all. I would it's say... It's not scary. It is disturbing. I mean, yeah, I was going to say like a virgin marshmallow, but now I would say... I'm going to say a virgin marshmallow. I okay. think that anyone could handle it. I All think right. it's like theoretically like, oh no, a sociopath, but, oh wait, no, he does bash heads in. He, <gasps> there's heads bashed in. Yeah, I like, right. um, my boyfriend was like walking through the room during the first scene of this and went, Jesus. Okay, maybe the heads, I'm so desensitized. <laughs> I know. I think about these things. Yeah, so. conceptually I would say it's like pretty roasted, um, but, <laughs> but like actually scare wise, not so much. Mm-mm. It's really not scary. It's There's just no, a, like, screaming moments or anything. And it's not even that tense. No. It's tense in the, again, conceptually, where you're like, oh, no, a sociopath, he will kill people. Yes. But, like, there's no moment that's, like, dripping with tension that makes you kind of, like, break into a cold sweat or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not slasher level at Mm-mm. all. Mm-mm. So it's pretty, I feel like it's pretty accessible. You just gotta know that a he- that... The same head will be mm-hmm, bashed in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. several times. Yes. 
And maybe another head. Yeah, it's like, it's rough, but it's not as scary. Yeah, that's it. It's a bumpy marshmallow. <laughs> that's a real thing. There's marshmallows with bumps on them? Yeah, like when you toast them and you kind of wait a while and they get like the uh, weird little goosebumps on them. All right, okay. I don't ever wait, I just eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be, I try to be patient. And then I just end up burning them entirely. So. Yeah, same. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I just roast those fuckers. Yeah. Probably has a lot to do with my mentality in general. <laughs> yeah. That is, I will say, um, Roger Ebert was not alive to review this movie, but... Um, <laughs> R.I.P. But it did get one and a half stars on his website, um, RogerEbert.com. Man, do you think Roger would have really gone so done done our movie so dirty? You think he That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, what everything that this review points out is like real, and we, uh, you know, kind of, um, we kind of talked about it. I mean, it does. It hated the performances, what? which, um, why? I didn't hate all of them. Um, I did think the mothers was pretty. Yeah. Was was not great. Um, but it hated them, and it also it did really hate the scenes where they, um, the the, the like uh, weird. I don't know, head projection scenes. I mean, you know, she's no Tony Collette, but, like, who is? But, yeah, one and a half stars. That's fucking brutal. I would not have... From RogerEver.com. Yeah, it seems rude. <laughs> it's probably in the... Like, I mean, I feel like they're trying to keep his spirit alive, so... Yeah. They probably know what they're talking about as far as him, but... I don't... I, I don't know if I'll live to see the day when I agree with that man. <laughs> So we'll see. We Challenge. agree. We agree on some things. I mean, let's see. For a movie that's more that has a little more like drama in it than um than having like kind of the sci fi Black Mirror mm-hmm. angle, mm-hmm. um, RogerEbert.com gives um we need to talk about Kevin four stars. Was he alive when that review was given? No. No, this is not okay. who is this written by? I don't know who wrote this. It doesn't say the fuck why doesn't it say oh it is very roger ebert wait what the fuck oh yeah this movie came out in 2012 i guess he was still reviewing oh, movies shit. we do agree. at that point so the man himself gave this one four stars so here we go i'm living to see the day <laughs> so look later. at you wow <laughs> unprecedented every day it's a getting closer Going faster than a roller coaster, love like yours will take my You just have to rock him a little bit. Did you say mommy? No. Shouldn't he be talking by now? I wouldn't worry about it. No. He's just a boy. Just a sweet little boy. Just because you're used to something doesn't mean you like it. You're used to me. Great shot, Kevin. You're natural. First he cries too much, then he's too quiet. And you see it as some kind of personal vendetta? You think I'm exaggerating? Listen, buddy, it's easy to misunderstand when you hear it out of context. Why would I not know the context? Pick up the phone. Just a sweet little boy. Just a sweet little boy. 
ago and it is a more like i mean i guess it's a more recent movie 2012 is now a while ago but tilda swinton is a great horror mom in this i mean tilda swinton is like a powerhouse i've yeah. yet to see her fuck up any role she ever does it's so. true even uh, like remember fucking the the white witch or whatever yeah from she's great narnia? in that in chronicles of narnia this like throwaway film yeah she's amazing in it she's yeah. the only reason why i ever remember it i'll watch it again just for yeah her. i would watch it again <laughs> But we're not talking about that no, one. No, that one's not. That one, uh, I mean, maybe someday, because, uh, no, never mind. Not horror at all. No. Not horror at all, except for, like, uh, I guess the idea of a kid that would sell out his brothers and sisters for some fucking <laughs> gross candy. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. That is pretty fucked up. <laughs> we Need to Talk About Kevin is a movie from, I guess, from 2012? I don't even remember this. It's from 2011, actually. And it's about basically just the horrors of motherhood. Just horrors of motherhood. It's so good. Yeah, it's about what if you fucking... What if you hate your kid? The vibe is what if you had a kid and the kid had really bad vibes. Well, and like, oh my god. Like, this film, even before we know this kid has bad vibes, is like, she hates her kid. Which I love. Yes, yes. She fuck like the infant is screaming and screaming and screaming as an infant does. Yeah, there's this is such a chicken or the egg kind of thing yes! too. <laughs> like there's the scene where she goes, she is um walking around with this very old fashioned pram, like Rosemary's Baby style pram, which I love, and um she goes um to a construction site where somebody's doing like a jackhammer thing. And she just sits there and closes her eyes blissfully because she can't hear the baby screaming. This baby is just shrieking in the worst way that babies ever do. I don't honestly understand how people do it. Um, I don't have any kids. I, when I was a teenager, I used to babysit and I babysat for a family who had like a really little baby one time. And that baby cried a lot, mm-hmm. obviously, because he wants his mom to come back. It's like, right. I made it till, like, midnight, and I called my mom, like, sobbing. Like, what do I do? <laughs> oh, He's crying. He won't stop crying. And she was like, yeah, they just do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Dude, one time I babysat a kid, and he kind of was doing that. He was crying, 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 crying. And he was in his room crying, and I didn't know what to do, and I left him there for, like, 15 minutes, and he was still crying. And I just panicked and i ran into the room completely <laughs> like, panicked. fuck you baby well i was like it wasn't like an infant it was like maybe like a three-year-old or something at this point and i was like hey baby i don't know what's going on i know you don't like your life right now i don't like it either i hate that you're crying what's up can we hang out and have a good time and what this, do i do this, what do i do for you this baby could sense my panic and sense my horror and like didn't know how to receive it and then was quiet was like, huh, this like, person is finally a nervous broke wreck. her down. Yeah, they're like, who the fuck is this person? This person's not calm and collected like everyone else in my life. So then we could chill. Then wow, we chill. that's cool. I leveled with this child. And it somehow worked. 
But it doesn't happen in this movie. There's no leveling with this. No, psychopath. no. Once this kid grows to a point where he can understand the people around him, he's immediately fucking manipulative and creepy and like I don't know, clever and mean. <laughs> Just like it's really funny to see because this happens this is a thing that's the thing about this movie is this movie works on a level a plot level where it's a psychopathic son but it also works on a level of the metaphor of parenthood right or motherhood with a kid um not just for the scene i already mentioned but like the seeing this kid switch tactics between people that they interact with kids do that like my, my niece is like that i've seen how she is with my, um, with my sister, you know, just total mama's girl, mama, please let me, like, I'm hungry. Let me suck from your boob, you know? But then with her dad, like I, I, when my sister's not there, she motherfucks that man. Like she (laughs) just go, no, no, Papa! Like, she screams at him. He's doing nothing. He's just trying his best. Like, he'll look at her and she'll burst into angry tears. <laughs> I've seen it happen. And so, like, and it was funny because I was telling my sister that. I was like, you don't know, but, like, you know, like, this girl, like, she, the the way she is around her dad versus you, it is completely different. So, like, kids have that switch where they'll turn this manipulation on and off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, uh, honestly, almost everything that happens is really believable. Mm-hmm. It's just that every different memory of him as a child, because they are memories, she is sort of, like, her current reality, you kind of see it, where she's um, she's alone and yeah. kind of going through her life. Miserable. Miserably. Like, I think the first scene that you see her, like, present, she, like, stumbles off the couch where she's been sleeping and immediately stubs her toe on something. And there's just, like, (laughs) there's, like, pills, like, everywhere. So she's, like, she's living in a memory. Like, this is kind of, like, we're kind of drifting in and out of, like, different periods of time. But every memory of him as a kid is, like, very believable. Like, it doesn't ever seem like something that you... There's, like, maybe one thing that you're like, okay, I don't know if I've ever seen a child be this Machiavellian. (laughs) But everything else, like, it's just them all together. It's like, oh, what if you had a kid that was just all fucking psychopath all the time? Because every kid is a psychopath some of the time. Yes. All the time. The whole thing, the whole gig is teaching them not to be that shit. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really, really good... um, you know, we talked about the other movie kind of going back and forth between the timeline, but it's in a really straightforward way in All That We Destroy. And then we need to talk about Kevin. It's like dreamlike. It's really beautiful. It is. It's dreamlike. And it's also like, you can kind of see like, based on where she is and what she's doing in the current time, you can kind of see some of the memories make sense, like in mm-hmm. why they're triggered. Like, oh, mm-hmm. when I was here last, or I used to go to work here, or, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, like she, she's like looking for a new job and then you kind of see her like in a memory where she's sitting at her desk and she looks out the window and everyone's staring at her and you're like, yeah, wait, what happened? (laughs) Why? Yes. Yeah. Well, and we keep flashing back too to, um, we know, you know, we, we understand that she's alone principally, but then we also then understand, okay, well she had a family. So what happened to them? This kid's horrible. So he probably did something bad oh, wait, this kid's in prison. So, but we get all these glimpses and flashes that we're learning mm-hmm. and we're learning. Mm-hmm. And then we like keep seeing these scenes that we don't see all the way. Like we keep flashing back to, 
you see the the police car lights, you know, you know that something's bad. She's at the school, the high school. And you don't find you finally do get to see it like right before the yeah. end. And it also kind of keeps you guessing too because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he shot up the school. That's what but I. But like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I figured it out. Like, sure. you know, pretty early on. But then it's like, no, you didn't actually. No. Yeah. No, you actually didn't figure out what happened. And it's almost like even more fucked up. You know. Yes, like... it's it's like worse, and it's something where like you know you're kind of with her where like she's watching this kid grow up to be a monster, and like. You know he's going to do something bad. Yeah. And he is, like, kind of... He's, like, sort of, like, gleefully, like, planning it in a way that, like, it's going to fucking shock everyone. And it feels a little bit more... I don't know if realistic is the right word, but, you know, with the other character, with the other um, psychopath or whatever, you know, he's sympathetic. This guy is absolutely the opposite of sympathetic, but... He's repulsive. He is completely repulsive, and he also, like, it scarily mirrors kind of, I mean, it's not a fun thing, but it scarily mirrors, like, school shootings, right? And, like, the kids that do them. Like, where they have this plan, they've been planning it, you know? Like, it's Mm -hmm. eerie. It, Mm -hmm. It does mirror real life in a way that honestly is uncomfortable to process as you're watching this film. And you're watching it, like, from the eyes of the mom. So it's even more uncomfortable. Yes. Because it's a kid that, like, you're supposed to love, you've never loved. Like, since this kid came out of your body, you haven't loved this kid. And you want to, you fucked up, but also this kid is horrible. So, yeah, it's, like, a really, really, like, the moral quandary is insane. And it makes you feel it every step of the way. Yes. It also, so we see, I will say one, the very first shot of this movie, I don't know actually when it takes place and it's like, or if it takes place, even it's such a weird and like jarring first shot. Which one is, what's the first shot? It's like, you see this fucking writhing mass of people like covered in red. It might be a dream. It might be a dream. It might not might not have occurred. I don't know. It's um, a good image, though. Yeah, but it's like, um, as you kind of get closer, you can see it's people who are, like, smearing, like, tomato all over each other, which I guess is, like, a festival yeah. in Italy. It's a real thing that happens. Okay, okay. And you see her, eventually, sort of float over the top of the crowd. Um, you know, not float, but, like, she's, like, kind of crowd surfing in tomato juice and shit, which honestly looks super fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she does this might, I, I felt like this might have been something that really did happen. While she was traveling. Yes, because she says something about how she, when she, he's a baby and he's like screaming, she says something about how she, like, mommy would rather be in France. And yeah. so I wondered if she like did like a Europe trip or something. Well, that's because I think that's where she meets her husband, right? Like they meet, it seems to me anyways, that they meet. In Europe. Oh, maybe. And, like, she's... We see some, like, kind of hazy flashbacks of she and her husband, yeah. who is, um... Who is John <laughs> C. Riley And, um... Jesus Christ. Being very dad-like and, and utterly clueless in a way that no dad, dad has ever been. Also, fuck this dad. <laughs> Literally. He's fucking terrible. It, it seems like they don't... It seems like they're bad at being married to each other in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know if, like, her getting pregnant was an accident or something, maybe. But, like, we don't really see that they have much of a connection with each other. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't have much of a partnership. Also, what does he do for a living? 
This motherfucker. I don't know. He has like a work jacket kind of thing that he's wearing. He seems to never be home. Maybe he's an electrician or something. Their house. Yeah, their house is crazy. She's an author. She cannot be making that much money. She's not fucking Stephen King. Yeah. Who the fuck is making the money to afford? Anyways, that's a whole other thing. But I don't know. Yeah, they have a nice house. Yeah, presumably like she gave up. I mean, as most mothers do. She definitely gave up a life before having her kids. Yes, right, she did. She gave kid. up some life. And whether she intentionally chose this or not, she's hanging out with this baby who sucks. Fucking I mean, sucks. most babies suck. I haven't met many babies who I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I'm not a big baby lover, I will admit. <laughs> Known baby hater. Um, Known baby hater. Admitted baby hater. But this kid does suck more than most. And also, on purpose fucks with his mom much like me as a child so yes props to my mom for not going hard like this mom does not breaking my arm or whatever yeah well as he gets older yeah he he becomes he's yeah he's mean on purpose Mm -hmm. and he's uh he he purposefully terrorizes her just her yes just her he's nice to his dad like he obviously has like he obviously like has it out for her And, you know, of course, like, no one would believe my kid specifically hates me and is mean to me. (laughs) So she's kind of just alone in this. And, and yeah, like, she, she does, she, at some point she, like, snaps because he's being horrible to her and she breaks his arm. And because of this, he then gains leverage over her and, like, Mm -hmm. blackmails her basically into doing whatever he wants. It's pretty good. I mean... It's, like, amazing. And and the reason she breaks his arm is good, too, because he's um, way past the point of having... Um, he should have been potty trained at this point. And, like, at this point, like, too, because for a while he yeah, wasn't Yeah, he has, speaking. like, such this, like, developmental horror, too, where it's like, <laughs> why isn't my kid being normal when it's time yes. for him to be normal? And she's taken him to, you know, um, specialists and things and being like, why isn't he talking to me? And the specialist, like, says shit that I don't think the specialist would ever say. I don't think that would ever happen. You know what? I don't know. Because he's like, oh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But, like, at the, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if, like, a fucking pediatrician says that shit. But also, with my experiences going to doctors many times, I'm like, I feel like something's very wrong. And they're like, ah, it's probably fine. They don't care. They yeah. don't check it. And they just kind of send you anyway. But this so kid's, like, not be. talking. Like, this kid was, like, not speaking. And and so they're like, eh, it's okay. He's not speaking. I'm like, no, that's, like, a big developmental, like... Yeah, it's, like, a whole thing, isn't it? We should look at this and see what's up and, and figure out, like, services where we can kind of intervene and, like, make sure this kid's getting what they need. But, like, they don't do that. Uh, but also this film came out a while ago and, like, maybe it was... I don't know. We'll, we'll let it slide. But... Yeah, honestly, it's it's familiar enough with my yeah, yeah, experience yeah. in medical industry. I'm sure industry. it's happened. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's I'm sure it's happened. That's the thing. It shouldn't, but I'm sure it has. Yeah. So this kid, like, yeah, he he doesn't. He should be potty trained. Isn't, but clearly we see scenes of him, like on purpose, like taking a shit in his diaper yes. so that his mom has to clean it up. It and, is wild. Yeah, and she like at one point she's changing his diaper. He's like huge. She's yeah. changing his diaper, and she's like, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, and <laughs> he, he, like, obviously is. He obviously is. That's the thing. It's, like, it's such a weird, like, he's such, like, he's fucking with her. Like, yes. he wants her to have to do this shit, 
Um, it's not a devel developmental thing. He just wants to make her life miserable, and he knows how he can do it. And so she fucking throws him and then breaks his arm. Yes. And, and yeah, he um, immediately decides that he can use that to his advantage because this works. is the kind of kid that he is. It so works. yeah, and, and like honestly, they there's like a baby, and there's like they cast like an older, you know, whatever like toddler through like maybe, maybe four or five year old mm -hmm. kid, and then uh, Ezra Miller. I said Ezra Klein earlier, but that's Oops. a different person. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's Ezra Miller. Ezra it's Miller. Okay. Um, and and like all of them, like I mean, obviously a baby's a baby, but like uh, the the like smaller kid and Ezra Miller are both like very good. Like this kid yeah. is so creepy. Yeah, the younger kid does it really like I Ezra Miller. Like, I mean, he does a good job, but I'm like, I expect him to do a good job. Yeah, he's I guess a grown actor, man. Um, but the yeah, kid... the child performance in this is very good. Both child performances actually, because he has a sister too. Yes, and she's good. Like, just... Well, and that's another really great introduction, because, like, much like with All That We Destroy, where we get that there's a dead dog, in this film, we yes. see this younger sister, and she has an eye patch, and we're like, oh, fuck. Yes. What did he do? Yes. Also, like, we know now that Tilda Swinton had a family at one point, and now she doesn't. Now she's by herself. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see her going through her life. She... She gets a job somewhere. She and like the person who hires her kind of says like, "I don't care what you did as long as you can file okay and whatever." And you're mm -hmm. like, "What did she do? What did she do? What did she do?" And eventually, you see, yeah, you see her visit the prison, and you know she's just kind of like going through her life. At one point, somebody like slaps her in the face, and like yeah. obviously everyone hates her. And there's a guy at work where you think there's like a budding romance between her and him. And then the Christmas party happens, and he basically is like, no one will fuck you. Yeah. Because of what you yeah, did. Yeah, she doesn't, she's not actually interested in him, and he's very butthurt about it. Yeah, and then he says something really mean. Yeah. And also true, apparently, in this community. Yes, people really don't like this woman. Um, which you have to wonder why you don't, like, move. <laughs> but Yes, get out of here. I yeah, mean, but I mean, like... She obviously is, like, fucking very lost at this point yes. and not considering no. moving on with her life at all, which I think yes. we'll get into. Well, it's a it's a great metaphor um, where this film really looks at, like, pretty starkly, like, um, judgment parents have to deal with, right? And because at the beginning, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she didn't really do anything. She just raised a kid that is a psychopath. Yeah, and then you kind of start to wonder as the movie goes on. Yeah, right, right, At right. least I did. I mean, and you see, you know, you see their relationship and kind of this antagonism and things like that, and so you can, like, make that argument. But at the same time, like, you know, it kind of also then has that double commentary on, you know parents are like damned if you do damned if you don't like yeah. they get judged for every yes. fucking and, they and make. like does she really do anything no. no like i mean she reacts to him basically the whole time which you know you could you could certainly make the argument that that's like not great yeah i'm not saying like she's definitely not like per little miss perfect or whatever and like kids that's the other thing is like kids are like that where it's like a kid's being a piece of shit and it's because you're letting them fuck with you yes and that is um i won't so as um as Kevin grows up, like you when you start to see him as a teenager, mm -hmm. first of all, yes, he's fucking like extremely unsettling, and mm -hmm. it is like 
It's partially his performance and partially that they have him wearing uh, tiny shirts. I don't know. This is like such a fucking hilarious costuming choice. And I love it that he's always wearing like child's shirts. He is real. His like he clothing has clothing is tight in this. Yeah, yes. Like he just has some weird preference for that shit. It's um, uncomfortable. Yes, it's very uncomfortable, and it like feels like it's not like ever commented on or anything. It just kind of seems like something that like, yeah, they've just accepted that that's what Kevin likes to wear. So whatever. He's also like an interesting casting choice because he has, um, like as far as how he looks, like he's really attractive. He has like these. He, like full lips, like he looks yeah, he's very, very handsome. Like but very like, handsome, almost unbelievable that uh, he's the child of Tilda Swinton. Yeah, and true. John C. Riley. <laughs> if you're really gonna go there, yeah, true. <laughs> um, an impossible combination. But yeah, he looks very um, kind of like an Adonis a little bit, yeah. right? Like a pretty boy. Yeah, he's yeah he's very pretty. Yeah, but he's also just like you would like you would take one look at him and be like, I don't want to be around that guy. Because he, he just doesn't, he doesn't know to look away. Like, he mm-hmm. kind of has this uncanny stare you down kind of mentality. Yeah, it's also that you watch him, like, literally terrorizing his mother in every yes. interaction that they have. True. Um, where, yeah, he's always really, he's always, like, personable and nice to his dad. Um, and in a way that, like, he's kind of looking back over his shoulder at her, like, <laughs> no one's going to believe that this isn't me all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And that's the other thing. I'm like, fuck, fuck this dad for not believing his literal life. Yeah, no, this this dude is fucking extremely clueless for the entire time. Even when, like, when he's like a baby and he's screaming, John C. Reilly, like picks him up and he's like, oh, you just go out and rock him. And it's like, you dumb bitch. Are you with this baby all day? <laughs> Which I feel like is such a, like, if, if someone's in, like, you know, like a... Uh, like normative gender role household. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like that's a pretty common experience. Yes, yes. <laughs> Where it's like, oh no, 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 the kid's great with me. I'm like, yeah, you try being there with them fucking 48 hours in a row. Yeah, she's, and that's like the, kind of the thing. She's like very isolated. It's kind of just she and Kevin the whole fucking time. Yeah, which and... feels like a pretty true experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, it's horrors of motherhood. Yeah, like I mean, exactly. even if your kid is not. A fucking psychopath. A lot of the stuff is still around. Yeah, and that's why, like, this movie is, like, pretty enduring in a way that, like, I like all that we destroy, but it's in, not in the same way. Like, that does feel, like, very much kind of removed. Mm-hmm. And they're literally isolated, right? And, like, this one, mm-hmm. like, it's interesting to look at the similarities because this one definitely has, like, as far as, like, class, like, they're completely upper class. Like, they live in a huge fucking mansion. Um, she was gallivanting around Europe at some yes. point, which, like, God, we, we all would be so lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, like, there is some sort of accessibility with, like, the, the parenting and kind of, like, the reality of that. Whereas with the other one, she's so isolated. I just don't... We don't ever get to see that relationship when they're younger. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the fact that you have, like, the background on this is... Mm-hmm. Um, says a lot. Yeah. But... But... There's definitely, I, I I feel like, to me, like, a point, there's a point where, like, you can kind of feel her starting to wonder, I guess, like, as the memories, like, kind of keep uh, getting closer, keep mm-hmm. kind of inching closer to what actually happens. Um, there's kind of, a like, a little while where you start to wonder um, how much she made him like this. 
Um, or at least how much he's like her. Because there's, uh-huh. like, there's a scene where, like, she, um, she goes with him. She's, like, trying to kind of connect with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, takes him out, you know. They're kind of doing stuff. And she, like, says something fucking, like, virulently fat-phobic. Yeah. And he, uh, like, she just says something unexpectedly nasty. And he says, like, wow, mom, you can be pretty harsh sometimes. And she kind of says, oh, you're going to talk about that? And he's like, well, I learned from you. Yeah, it's and it's like, and he, and it's kind of something where yeah, it's like Kevin is very manipulative. Obviously, right, he's the kind right. of and he, everything he says is designed to like hurt her and like poke at her. Right. So like you know you don't know how much like that's something that like is real versus how much uh, he's just trying to fuck with her. Because obviously, like she has issues that everybody has, right? Like when you look at that, like yeah. she says something mean. But it's also, like, ask fucking 70% of Americans about how they feel about fat people, and they'll say that shit. Yeah. So it's it's something where, like, is that her? Did, did she do it? Like, has she made him this way? Or well, or is it just that he has her genes and he's become this way? And there's also the question of, like, I mean, uh, this doesn't excuse what she said, because it is very jarring at that point. Because mm-hmm. at this point, you've kind of seen a woman who's, like, on the brink like, you sympathize with her. You're seeing things from her perspective. And she says this thing that, like, is intended to put you off guard. Yeah. You're like, excuse me? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you saying? But, like, also, there could be also that element of, like, does she think that this is how she can relate to him? Yeah, maybe she's, like, trying. Like, oh, yeah, I'll be fucking also. rude, too. Yeah, like, don't, don't stoop to that level, mm-hmm. ever. But, like, you know, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, the mind games are kind of endless in this film and kind of leave you guessing. Yes. Yes. There's so much in this that leaves you guessing. Yeah. Like, I keep thinking about the one scene. This whole movie is so good. But there's the one scene where she visits her son several times in jail. And then there's the one time where she, towards the end, where his head is shaved. And you know Mm -hmm. that he's moving Mm -hmm. to, like, big boy prison. Yes. And they talk about it a little. And... And she asked him, apparently what she's asked him so many times before, which was like, why did you do it? Because at this point, like, we know, I guess we can say now, um, that he, because he, ha- he loved Robin Hood. And so he had yes. a bow and arrow gifted to him, you know, by his dad. Um, yeah, which is, you see him using his little baby bow and arrow when he's mm-hmm. a kid and mm-hmm. then you see him become a teenager using the bow and arrow it's so still disturbing. wearing a tiny baby shirt yeah. <laughs> it's so disturbing that little scene cut right there yes um and you're like oh no he's he's got a weapon yes it is not good and and yeah. so we see him with that and we um we've seen him previously with um with bike locks. A box full of bike locks for no reason. Mm-hmm. And with an obviously fake excuse for why he has them. Mm-hmm. And he locks the school and he he shoots everyone. Is he does he shoot everyone at the game? I think it's a I think yeah, I think it's a basketball game and he locks all the doors yes. to the gym. Yes. And so then he And shoots. starts just picking people off. Uh-huh. And so it's really, really horrifying. And it is horrifying in I mean, school shootings are absolutely horrifying, but it's just horrifying in a different way. Like, you don't hear about, like, someone taking, like, a fucking bow and arrow. Fucking Legolasing yeah, their school. Yeah. There's, like, something a little bit different about that where you're just like, what the fuck? And so he does that, and you also know because 
uh, you know, the mom finds out and heads to the school and then she goes back home and she's like, well, where's my husband and where's my daughter? And they're on the lawn and they're dead. They've been shot. Yeah. He obviously started with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, this is immediately following he, yeah, he did the thing with his sister's eye, um, which he obviously did on purpose. Mm -hmm. And, um, he has a really fucking gross scene where he's eating like a lychee, which looks like an eyeball at the table, like in front of her. Yes. Yeah, he like he fucked up his sister's eye on purpose and um she's obviously like so disturbed by it that like he he's going out shooting and the sister he asks the sister if she'll if she wants to come and like pick up the arrows for him and Tilda Swinton says no. Like <laughs> immediately like, she's she's obviously like very on guard about it and it like kind of leads to this like they start having a conversation about getting divorced because like yeah. obviously she can't fucking live in the house with Kevin anymore. Um, like she doesn't trust him. He like, she thinks he's going to hurt their daughter. And, and John C. Riley like thinks that she's projecting and crazy. And so like, they kind of, they have this like conversation. Obviously they've kind of, they've been talking about splitting up and he kind of says like, well, at least custody's a no brainer. And Kevin is like out on the balcony listening to this. That, so that's obviously why he chooses to do this at this point, because like she's going to get away from him. Yeah. So we might as well just fucking burn it all down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, a turn that I, like, respected for the film, but did not expect. I thought that, I guess in my weird, naive mind, like, I thought that they were just away. Yeah, I thought maybe, I was, like, I was kind of going back and forth in my head the whole time, like, are they dead? Or is it just that, like, they've split up and she doesn't have custody of this other kid? Honestly, that was my thinking. It seems plausible enough. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of wondering the whole time, like, oh, maybe they just maybe they decided to move away and yeah, that's, yeah, but no, no, mm-mm. no, he took everything away from her in the end. Well, in, in the scene with in the prison when he when she asks him again, and you can tell that she's asked him multiple times, like mm-hmm, why mm-hmm, he did mm-hmm. it. She's like, I just want to know, like, you're going away to prison, like, and you're kind of like, it's this really emotional moment because. He's genuinely scared because that's something that like, you know, that he's a psychopath, but you know that he can feel fear. Like that's something that's a pretty basic emotion. Yes. That's an animal emotion. It's not even human. Um, and he's afraid. Um, and he's finally facing, we have not seen him face what he's done this whole time. We've seen him on the TV, um, with this really creepy monologue about like, you know, you would change the channel if I just graduated and was a normal person, but I've murdered people. So like you're hooked and you're watching me and it's like really fucked up and disturbing. And we've seen similar stuff like that from, from like serial killers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and so finally she asked him, well, why did you do it? And he's, you're just, it's this very tense moment. It's like beautifully filmed. And he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know anymore. He said something like that. I don't remember what exactly he says. Yeah. It's a really good line. It's something like that. He's like, I, I don't think, know. I, th- I think he I might say, think, I don't know anymore. Oh, I don't he says, anymore. I used to think I knew, but I don't. I used to think I knew. And you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? And it, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, you're like, I've pegged you. I know what you are. But at the same time, you're like, fuck. Something messed up along the way. And this could have been, maybe this could have been fixed. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, literally... I know this isn't based in reality at all, but, like, that's literally how, um, like, personality disorders and things like that, they aren't, um, they aren't personality disorders at the beginning, right? Like, you can get that. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, and everybody, like, if you, if you, like, 
look into anybody who's like committed some horrific crime. Mm-hmm. If you look into how they grew up and yeah, what their childhood was like, most of them most of them come from abuse, and the ones who don't come from abuse come from like neglect and like yes. some other kind of like fucked up situations. That's the thing. I mean, there is no like bad seed, right? Like there is only things that create fucked up situations like and so that's what like that I loved that moment because that moment made it very much like oh my god like we got to this point that we probably didn't need to get to and yeah. then like you're kind of almost rewinding what undoubtedly perpetually Tilda Swinton is rewinding yes which is horrifying because yes. you're like this is her life her life is just trying to cope and miserably just going through flashbacks. Yeah, and that, like it's just something where like when you become a parent you just have this like grave responsibility that you might just fail because it was just too hard for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's dark as fuck. Um and it's so beautiful. It's like such a beautifully shot film. Yeah, and she and like she hugs him after that kind of like awkwardly. Yeah. Um and then leaves and it's like yeah, it's ultimately like in the end like yeah, he's just, he's still her kid. She's kind of yeah. still responsible for him. Which is kind of how, I mean, all that we destroy, although it's very different, but that's kind of yeah. how that ends, too. Yep. Where she's like... She has the capability to bring him back in some form, so which she's is just going to. Because at that point with, the, with that film, you know that, like, we didn't really talk about this, but, like, the clone has echoes of, like, the previous self. Yes. And so he's going to repeat the cycle. Like, you know that that's going to happen. Like, or is he? Like, I mean, maybe there was something that could have been fixed. I, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so that's really interesting. It's because like, that's kind of the same. That's like a, a kind of like parallel with Ashley, right? That she yeah. was like, she was doing right. bad shit in her former life. And when she comes back, like, you know, mm-hmm. her clone self is like very docile mm-hmm. and kind of um, like starts to regain her former personality, but obviously is not as like, is not as like, rough around the edges yeah that's true i yeah i guess they both do really interesting things for like that parenting metaphor and like how you create i mean that's literally the title right all that we destroy you uh, inevitably it's created as well so i don't know it's heavy shit yeah very heavy shit yeah In, in tiny shirts which is not funny sadly it's I mean, just it's creepy. Strangely comical, but also unnerving. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in this movie. There's a lot and we need to talk about Kevin that is strangely comical. If it yeah, it's it's weird. They really walk that line really well because it's never like blatantly funny. Like I'm never laughing at the film. I'm always unsettled, but there's enough lightness almost in those moments to keep me um from completely breaking. Because otherwise it would be a really unwatchable heavy film yeah it has levity in it yeah so but yeah it is it is really hard yeah it's like i don't know it's a very it's yeah it's a very bleak story i know what do you think about watching both of these back to back you think it's doable yes i do i think so because i think like um i think all that we destroy, yeah, probably should come first if you're gonna watch it like that because um, it's like it's got that kind of like fun like sci-fi element. It's got a, a really rough and like couple dis- like really disturbing like kill scenes, um, 
and but like the violence in that is really a, as far as it like goes towards being super disturbing i think mm-hmm. um and you know conceptually it's like pretty yeah it's pretty black mirrorish kind of like oh that was that was crazy um and then we need to talk about kevin you can watch after and just yeah. um and just be fucked up for your whole life i feel like yeah at that point like you watch all the way destroy and then you like smoke a joint Mm-hmm. And then you watch. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, I was okay. I was not stoned in watching. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, but the scene with the tomatoes made me feel <laughs> like I was stoned. It's so yes. weird, and it like just goes into like a movie that yeah, it, it is like it. It's like being on drugs a little bit. It does, and the way that it it goes between the past and present, and it's like seamless. Some of those transitions. I was I was also not high when I watched it, but I feel like it'd be great. It'd be a very good high film. Yes. I think so. Yeah, yeah. If you want to feel bad, like, I mean, <laughs> and I do. Honestly, I love, like, a, I love a, like, edible and feeling bad kind of night, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's what you need. This is a good one. <laughs> sometimes it's just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> the Mother's Day medicine. Yeah. yeah. So, um, this one is not, this one definitely isn't, like, a scary horror movie. No. So if you are, if it's you not are, even gory. no, it's not, it's not gory at all, which is kind of funny because in the beginning, like you see, like you, you see all like the people covered in tomato and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it yeah. looks like so like, uh, it, it's like so visceral. Kinda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It looks so visceral that, um, as you go through the rest of the movie, you're kind of expecting something else fucked up, like in your, in your field of vision. But you don't really ever get it. Yeah, there's no, like, overt violence. Um, no. Just but the implication of it. That shit sometimes, you know, I think that shit always fucks me up more, though. I don't know. Oh, yeah. If you, if you um, are averse to dread, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is probably not the movie for you. But there's, um, there's like, basically virtually no violence um, mm-hmm. other than what happens off screen. And, um, yeah, nothing, like... You know, nothing ever jumps out at you. No, like, screaming moments. No. It's just beautiful. Nothing it's like beautiful that. One. Yeah, it's very pretty. And, um... And incredibly depressing. I would say, um... This kind of actually, in a weird way, like... Uh, analogous to Eraserhead for me. In terms of film experience, Eraserhead's much more abstract. Yes. And I hope we talk about that movie someday. We should. Because I fucking love Eraserhead. Yeah, we should. But it's a movie about the horrors of fatherhood. <laughs> and yeah. and is um episode. Yeah, and, and has features a baby with bad vibes. Absolutely. Very bad vibes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a lot of the same, like, oh, God. Like, a lot of the same, like, being, like trapped with something really fucked up and mm-hmm. bad and it's not like it's its fault and it's not your fault but it's just this is how it is i feel like there's not a lot of are there a lot of fathers like fatherhood horror movies am i just like not thinking of them eraser has the only one i can come up with right now i can think of like come to daddy because it's called come to daddy come but to it came daddy. out like last year there's that like mom and dad one with like it's mostly dads nicholas cage. cage one yeah can't think of any. Yeah, I don't even know. Maggie? I don't know that one. Arnold Schwarzenegger? His daughter is infected with zombieism. Oh, that's fucked up. Okay. I don't even know that one. I haven't seen it. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know, man. We need to. We need we'll more. We need to make more dad horror. I know. We said this like we've, a year ago. Yeah, we've already talked about this. We need fucking like Channing Tatum or something doing some fucking bad horror dadness. Like, who's the Tony Collette equivalent for dads oh and horror? Oh my god, who though? Where are the horror dads? Moms have had enough horror. Yeah. It's completely, Im- it's an imbalance. We need to give the dad some... Man, some who would be a gr- who would be a good, like, iconic horror dad who we always go to? I'm gonna say Sam Rockwell. Oh my god. When you said Sam Rockwell, my mind thought Sam Neill, who would also... Oh, Sam Neill would also dad. be great. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, Sam Neill's kind of a horror dad in, like, Possession... Yeah. They have a kid. I always forget they have a kid. Because, like, they kind of oh, don't. Shit. The kid's just, like, there that poor sometimes. Kid. That poor kid. We should do that one. <laughs> oh, man. Just parental neglect the film. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Sam Neill. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Neill would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I genuinely can't think of any any I mean, anyone Liam else. Neeson, hello, the tank. It, the uh, tank that's franchise. true. That's true. Yeah, I guess if we're gonna go there, horror dad. Uh huh. That's thriller dad though. Yeah. Yeah, thriller dad. Thriller dads are much more prevalent. I would say that's a whole thing. A whole thing is thriller dads. Come out of thrillers and come to horror. Make them powerless. Yes, embrace the bleakness. Yeah. Embrace the futility of parenthood. I mean, that's it, right? That's it. These films do. Yeah. These aren't even the futility. It's the com- the complicity of parenthood. Yes, yes. Like, I mean, you. I mean, yeah. Maybe your daughter will fucking go to Europe and get kidnapped by I don't know a sex trafficking gang or something. Is that how it Taken is? Because uh, you're racist. <laughs> that's how your mind it. works. I've never seen Taken. At I've never all. seen it either. I just know. I, I just know that he has a particular set of skills. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it. But what if you don't have a particular set of skills and you're fucking, you just have a kid that sucks and yeah. life is lonely and hard. Exactly. That's what we need. Yeah. Horror moms are over. Give them a break. <laughs> Let them have a vacation, please. Yeah. They deserve it. Make more horror films, make more horror dad films before June so we can talk about Father's Day. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. We messed up and we um, we did Wrong Turn, the new one. And it, that's oh, such that a one Father's is Day some film. daddy horror. Yeah, it's such a Father's Day film. That, that, that one does have a little bit of Taken in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll find something. We'll find it. Oh. Yeah, that's true. We just talked about the daddies. We'll find it. I have confidence. Yeah, I think there's gotta be. If you know um, movies that feature dads of horror, hit us up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. We want that. We want to talk about horror dads with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> That's are... an exciting development. Yeah. That's all we really want. So, yeah. You can hit us up to talk about horror dads or whatever else you want. Um, on our social medias, we are NYFGPod on Instagram and Twitter. We're Not Your Final Girl on Facebook. We also have a group which is called Not Your Final Girl Gang. We haven't done much with it recently. We'll try to be better and do better. 
and um, talk about stuff, including we'll horror dads. Yeah. And if you have something that you want to hit us up about, um, you can also email us at nyfgpod at gmail.com, including if you want to come on the show and talk to us about whatever horror um, movies mm-hmm. are your deal. Yeah. Yeah. So... Hang out with us on social media. Thanks to Claire Holland for our namesake, which is called, um, which is not your final girl from her book of horror themed poems called I Am Not Your Final Girl. Follow her at Claire C. Holland on Twitter and find her book, I Am Not Your Final Girl, anywhere that you buy books. Um, follow also Brian Demarest, who did our cool little vampire girl icon he makes a bunch of sick artwork you can follow him at evil flynn on instagram thanks to pat spurlock for being technical and emotional support you can follow him at phantom stranger on facebook and um thanks to our network which is called morbidly beautiful and features lots of other awesome horror podcasts you can find them and all the other shows at morbidlybeautiful.com. Follow them at xmorbidbeautyx on Twitter. And um, thanks to Ariel for um, being rad and writing our intro and outro song called Under Your Skin. You can find that song and its album on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the fuck else. Mm -hmm. Um, Buy it on Bandcamp Mm -hmm. because that's where the money is. That's it. And, um, anything else? Maybe any, like, other cool shit? You can follow us on Letterboxd or oh. NYFG Pod on there. You can look at what movies that we've talked about and what movies... Yeah, true. Uh, sneakily, we might be talking about later. Um, I should shout out, um, This Book, That Book podcast, which I was on. Oh, fuck Recently, yeah. and we talked about, um, nothing to do with horror, really, but we talked about, like, my favorite childhood book, which was Lord of the Rings. So if you're a Lord of the Rings nerd, hit that up. This book, that book podcast on Instagram or like anywhere you get your podcasts. And also, um, they released a bonus episode because I couldn't not talk about horror. (laughs) (laughs) It just comes out. And so there's like a 15 minute, like mini episode of us just kind of talking about like me sneaking goosebumps and like you know, secretly buying it from garage sales and shit like that, so. True. You're like, this is a nice book. Yeah. About a kid who gets a camera that it takes pictures <laughs> and they don't do anything. They're just nice pictures. He becomes a photographer. That's the end. Yeah, so check that out. We'll probably, like, feed drop that in the summer. Um, nice. So even if you don't check it out right now, joke's on you. Yeah. Because it's gonna this be in this fucking feed. This kid moves into a nice house where nothing ever happens and he just is, <laughs> he just, you know, does his homework and stuff. <laughs> yeah so um yeah check out that podcast they're very cool they they interview different people and talk about like their formative childhood read which is like a really fun conversation for sure so yeah yeah it's oh, a good yeah. premise well cool we'll be back in in what two weeks mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast and yeah. Until then, we'll see you later, ghouls. Bye. You know who I am, and you're gonna let me in. I know that I'm under this morning to wonder. You know that I'm under.
Let's go.